Welcome to North Point Ministries Online. We are so excited to have you joining us today. God has an amazing word for you through the sermon that you're about to watch. And before we get into that, I just want to share a little bit of information about how to connect with us. Because we at North Point are all about connection and relationships. And we want to connect with you. And some of the ways you can do that is through our website, northpointmidland.org. It has all of our previous sermons, it has events, it has information about us, theological beliefs. Any questions you have about us can be answered on our website. Also, we have a Facebook page and we also have an Instagram page. And on both of those, you will find information about upcoming events and we want to connect with you. You can message us, you can visit us in person. We have services 10.45 a.m. every Sunday and 7 on Wednesdays. With all of that out of the way, I hope you enjoy today's sermon. God has a word for you, and I pray that this sermon blesses you. And that is Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to be starting with verse 18. There's several verses I'm going to be reading today, so just be ready for that. But it says in Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. I love this. It's like this biographical teaching of what happened. And it's a rendering of what was going on. It says, After his mother Mary was betrothed, that means promised. She was promised to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now there's some, some stress right there. But look at verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. You know, this this, um, uh, last study, it really jumped out at me that he's a just man. He's a fair man. And he loved this woman, even though she was just promised to him. It was not like we do today where people meet, they like each other, they show their uh, intentions, they go out on dates, and after being together for a while, they decide, you know, maybe we ought to get married. That's not how this worked. There was an arrangement, and she was promised to him, and she was to be his bride, and then they were to be apart for a season. But something happened. She find, the news comes out that she's carrying a baby, a very young lady who's pregnant, but he's a just man. He's a fair man. He already feels love in his heart for this woman. It says, and not wanting to make her a public example. Can you imagine living in a, in, in a time when these kind of events, when a, a young woman who is promised to a man and has not been with that man, and all of a sudden she's with child, well, they would make an example of her. And that, because they, their idea is we don't want this stuff happening in our community. We don't want single parents. And here's this man who knows that she's special. And he doesn't want, he doesn't want to make an example of her. Was, and, and so he thought, well, I'll put her away privately. Instead of parade her through the town and say, here's an impure woman. Remember one case where a woman was caught with a man and they brought her out and they were going to stone her. And that's when Jesus wrote on the ground and he said he was without sin. Let him cast the first stone. Joseph says, I'm not going to do her that way. I'll just put her away quietly and privately, and no one will ever know. But look at what verse 20 says. But while he thought about these things, because this is serious stuff, and his mind is racing, and while he's thinking about it, it says, an angel of the Lord. An angel of the Lord. 
Now, she met an angel, Lord, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But this time, the angel does not come in the traditional manner. He doesn't just come as, hello, it's me, I'm here. But in a dream, he go, and, and all of us have wild dreams, I'm sure. I've dreamed some crazy stuff. I've had members come to me and say, Pastor, I had this dream. And they tell me this wild story. They said, what do you think it means? And my answer was, probably means don't eat pizza before you go to bed. Well, he has this wild dream. And an angel, an angel of the Lord appears to him. But listen what happens. It said, it appeared to him in a dream as saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. First time, last time. Conceived of the Holy Spirit. And look what it says in verse 21. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For, or because, he's going to be the Savior of his people from their sins. And I thought about that. And I thought about how that everything was set up. You ever have everything all set up? You've got your life all planned out. Everything's going just great. And all of a sudden, there's a roadblock. It's a wild roadblock. Because understand something. When the angel came to Joseph, Remember, he was thinking about how he was going to solve this problem. He's got a problem. He has a fiancé promised to him who is pregnant, and he knows he's not the father. But she told him this story. And that's, that troubled him even more because if you look in Luke chapter 26, I mean chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee, of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed or promised to a man whose name was Joseph. Now, this is a Joseph we read about a moment ago. Of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among all women. And when she, when he, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what matter of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, here's the story she's telling and retelling to uh, Joseph. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and she'll call his name Jesus. So she's telling him this story about how I had an angel. He told me the Holy Spirit's coming, and we're going to name this guy Jesus. Look at verse 34. I'm skipping down to verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And if you skip down to verse 37, listen to what the angel says. For with God, nothing will be impossible. No wonder Joseph needed help from an angel coming in a dream because that's a really far-fetched story. To come to, come to your fiancé who you haven't seen, said, I, you know, usually it's really nerve-wracking when someone comes and says, we need to talk. To a, a, prom, you know, to a man who's engaged to a girl, she says, honey, oh, we need to talk. That could mean I've thought about other things, and maybe you're not the one for me. But when she began to talk, she began to tell him about an angel coming. 
Now, this was not in a dream. He's in the room. And the angel tells her, hey, you're going to be the mother of the Son of God. And then she tells him that, don't worry, I'm pregnant right now. But the Holy Spirit came on me, and that's how it happened. So, of course, Joseph thinks, okay. So it took a dream to straighten him out. Because here she says, and in the dream, listen, notice what the angel said to her one more time, to him one more time. She shall, she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The angel of the Lord says to Joseph, I've got a job for you, Joseph. You're going to name him. You're going to call him Jesus. Because he, that word Jesus means Savior. It means Messiah. And he says, you're going to call him that. And so, the dream changed everything. I thought about that a lot. How, you know, one message from heaven turned everything around and changed all of history. Folks, that's how it works in our life. There are little encounters that we have with God where He turns something that looks like a disaster into a blessing. And it changes our life. And today, I'm going to continue talking because Jesus is always speaking. Won't you say that? Jesus is always speaking. And we need to understand today, what's he saying to me? What is God saying to me this Christmas? What is he saying to you? Because Jesus is speaking, and he has something to say. And you know what I thought I'd do? And the Holy Spirit led me to do this, is to look at some of the little verses in this original Christmas story. And in that, you will see intertwined statements that are universal. Statements that fit you right now, that speak to you right where you are. Because even though Gabriel spoke these words to Mary, because I'm going, for, I'm going with Mary and what she heard, but they work to us. See, there's a wonderful verse in the book of Acts chapter 10 where that Peter stands before a guy named Cornelius, and he says to him, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. And that verse changes everything for all of humanity because it says God doesn't have a class system. He doesn't have a priestly order. And then, you know, even in the church sometimes, I have a problem with our insistence on the clergy and the laity. He's clergy, I'm laity. Yeah, he's the preacher, he hears from God, I'm just a layman. I remember saying that one time myself. A person said, they were telling me how they were called to preach. They said, what's your ministry? I said, I'm just a layman. And that person, they got in my face and said, there's no such thing as just a layman. Can I tell you this? God said through Peter, God's no respecter of persons. He doesn't play favorites. So promises are promises. So today we're going to look at a couple. What's God saying to you this Christmas? I think he's saying the same thing to you that he's saying to me. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down for number one, we do not have to be afraid. Because we have the favor of God. I believe God's saying to us, you don't have to be afraid. See, he said to Mary, look at verse 30 again. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And I was thinking about how that God has offered us today favor over fear. Now, I understand the whole world, from the time you're born, the world begins to train us to be afraid. And it works very hard at putting fear in our life. But we need to understand that God's saying to us, and I understand, man, don't, don't let the news get to you. 
If you let it, it, the news will get to you. If you let the internet get to you, it'll put fear in your spirit. Because the Bible says, for we've not been given the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And in the book of 1 John, he says, fear has torment. What does that mean? It means that when you allow fear to get a hold of you, it will actually torment you. And what we need to understand is that fear is our enemy. Can you say that with me? Fear is my enemy. Let's say it again. Fear is my enemy. It's not there to help you. It's there to hurt you. But understand, favor is your birthright. See, fear is your enemy, but favor is your birthright. You have favor. You are you have the favor of God. You're highly favored. See, and when when the angel said to Mary, don't be afraid. You found favor with God. You say, what have I done? Pastor, what have I done to have the favor of God? i tell you what you've done. You've been born. You're alive. And God loves everybody. And His grace provides you with the favor that you receive by faith. See, grace is His provision. Faith is your apprehension. You grab it. That's, that's your acquisition. So by faith, we receive something God has provided. And this Sunday morning, I want to say to you, you don't have to be afraid. But you don't know what I'm going through, Pastor Arp. No. I don't have a clue what you're going through. But I know the God who's walking with you through it. And He is a mighty God. Say that again. Fear is my enemy. Favor is my birthright. You're walking in you're working it, walking in favor. Sometimes I think God is my very favorite. My sisters tease me about when I come to Tennessee. Cynthia Melanie begins to sing, The King is coming. I'm mama's only son. How could she not love me? I am so lovable. Right, Mom? <laughs> I can do that because mama's here today. But here's the deal. You are God's favored child, and he wants to bless you. And I've been saying this for almost four years now, that God's looking out for you, and God has great things for you. He's for you. He's not against you. And one thing you'll learn, if you've not been here long, I am on your side, and I will be your biggest cheerleader telling you that you can do what God's given you life for. Amen? Okay, let's go to the second thing God's saying. Because... In verse 35, as he begins to talk about this miracle that's going to happen in Mary's body, he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Can I tell you, the second thing I believe God is saying to us this Christmas is that you and I have help from heaven above. We have heaven's help. God is willing to help us. See, he said to her, you know, she's thinking, what in the world is happening here? He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. See, we need to understand that all of us have a promise of power from on high. In Acts 1.8, it says, and you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, the whole idea of God's Holy Spirit is to come into our lives and help us do the things we can't do. All through the Bible, there's examples. When I was a boy, one of my favorite examples was this man named Samson. Because he's the closest thing to a superhero you get in the Bible. 
I mean, he's got super strength. He's whipping a whole lot of people just by himself. He takes a jawbone of a donkey, and he kills like a thousand guys. He picks up walls and carries them on his back. I mean, it's a cool thing. And it said how it happened was that the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him. Can I tell you that God wants you to know whatever you're called to do, when you face impossible, and you're going to have some times where impossible is staring you right in the face. And it looks like it can't be done. And every once in a while you'll find yourself saying, unless God comes, it's not going to happen. Newsflash. He came. Newsflash. He's here. You can do all things. I love that. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My boys learned to hate that verse. Because every time they gave us, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. And Carl would say, what's your verse? And they say, I know. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So he said, now go clean that room that you said, I can't do this. It's too big. It's too messy. And, and, and I tell you, from some of the rooms, I thought they're going to need the Holy Ghost. That's a big mess in there. I can't do algebra. Now, Dustin didn't have no problem. Caleb, he tested us a lot sometimes. It wasn't that he couldn't do algebra. He didn't want to do algebra. But you can do all things. See, when you understand you have a helper, see, when impossible comes, the Holy Spirit is always here for us to make that difference and do through us the things we can't do in our own strength. So this Christmas, I want to tell you, God's saying to me, he's saying to you, you've got a helper. He's called the Holy Spirit, and if you need him, he's here. And the Spirit of God just spoke this. I don't know if it's someone by media or in this room, but for some of you, Christmas is something you're dreading because it's another lonely day. It's another day with nobody but you, and it's nothing to get excited about. And you're thinking, how am I going to make it through this Christmas season, this Christmas, you have a helper. And if you will invite him, he'll come in and you and Jesus can do Christmas together. Because it's about him anyway. And you can have your own little celebration. Whether you're watching, you that are watching at home and other places, you that are here. You and Jesus, by the help of the Holy Spirit, can make this the greatest Christmas December 25th, you've ever had. That excites me to think that I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not preaching by myself. i got a helper. But i got one more thing that I want to share with you. Because when Gabriel finished talking to Mary, describing the miraculous things that were going to happen, and she's kind of looking at him like, What? You're talking about a young 13, 14-year-old girl. She's one of our young youth. In that day, those young girls were getting married. The angel looked at her, and he said to her in verse 37, With God, nothing will be impossible. Wow. What a statement. After she's been told all these miraculous things that just seem unbelievable, they seem impossible, the angel of the Lord says, with God, nothing will be impossible. I think about folks today 
that for some of them, they're thinking, how will I heat my house this winter with utility prices going up and up and up? How will I get through the winter with God? Nothing will be impossible. You may be looking at your budget, and as the old song used to say, you've got too much month at the end of the money. And you think to yourself, how am I going to do this? It reminds me of a story with Jesus. And they had a huge multitude. The Bible says that there were at least 5,000 men, not counting the women and the children. And Jesus has preached all day, and everybody's hungry. And the, and the disciples say, send them home. Let them go buy some food. Send them to the drive-thru at McDonald's. Of course, there were no McDonald's. You would have thought they would have been. He's been everywhere. But Jesus said, you feed them. He says, what do you have? Well, um, these are loaves and fishes. And Jesus blessed it and touched it and handed it to his disciples. And they began to pass it out. And God did a miracle. Can I tell you? You may be looking at your cupboard or your refrigerator and saying, it's time, God. Well, with God, nothing will be impossible. That's, if he, if he say, I think of all the things I feel the Lord saying today. I think when he says, our God can do anything. I don't know what you're facing, but God is up to the job. See, he specializes. I love that. That God specializes in impossible situations. Remember, I've been preaching this since I got here, and I preached it before I got here. See, if you can do it in your own strength, you'll get the credit. But if it's something that only God can do, you'll look back and say, people will look at what happened and say, that had to be God. Some of you are right now in the middle of a testimony that God's done stuff, you know what I'm talking about, that only God could do. But that's what he does. See, our God specializes in all those things. I want to close today. And I know some of you are kind of in shock that I'm already, but I said I'd be shorter today. But I want to just share a couple of verses the Lord gave me. And, and he spoke it to me in my office. And... Um, I want to take a couple verses and read and answer this question. What happens when the Jesus of Christmas becomes our Jesus? What happens when the Jesus of Christmas becomes our Jesus? And I found this verse in Galatians, or a couple, three verses. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. I'm going to read these and, and, and kind of let them speak for themselves because they're kind of verses you can't really add anything to. But when we allow the Jesus of Christmas to become our Jesus, Galatians says in verse 26, For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. What happens? We become children of God. And we actually realize that we're children of God. And we begin to feel that our faith is not in no one or a fairy tale. But the Jesus of the Bible becomes our Jesus. But look what he says in verse 27. For as many of you... As we're baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. See, today as I was getting ready, putting on my suit, I tried my best to look good for you, especially Carla, because she's my favorite viewer. And uh, I put on this jacket. 
He says, as Jesus becomes our Jesus, we put on Christ. And he's more than just somebody you talk about. He's more than just somebody you've heard about. He's more than someone you sing about or sing to. But he becomes a part of you. And he's like wrapped around you. But I love the next verse. Verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now I want to say something that's very controversial today in this day and age. But did you notice that Paul only spoke of neither male nor female. He didn't go through 64 different genders. He just said there's neither male nor female. What's he saying? He's saying when God looks down, he just sees his child. He doesn't go counting your X or Y chromosomes. He just sees my child, my kid. And he says that when we come to Christ, no longer are there special chosen ones of God. There's not slaves or free or rich or poor, male or female, but we're all one. I love that. When I make the Christ of Christmas my Christ, I get to be a part of one body, the body of Christ. And last, verse 29. If you are Christ or if you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's seed. He's talking about way back. Remember, I gave you that verse earlier about Abraham. You are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I pray before Christmas is over, you'll sit down, if you get a chance, and study the promises that were given to Abraham. Pretty cool. He says, if you are Christ, if you belong to Jesus, then all the promises that were given to Abraham are yours to receive. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. And I, I just want you to think about that. You're an heir. You're in a will. There's an Old and New Testament. And the Old talks about what you get, and the New Testament talks about what you get. And it's all ours. So this Christmas, don't feel like you didn't get anything. Because you got a whole book of gifts. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning. I believe I shared a little bit that you want me to share. And I pray that it's taught to hearts. And Lord, it's been something that people could receive and think about and draw strength from. And I ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that God ministered to you through today's word. I hope that God blessed you and that you found some good lessons to learn and implement into your life. We are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, we are on YouTube. These social medias, we want to connect with you. We want to keep up with you. And more importantly, we'd love to see you in person. Our services are every Sunday at 1045 a.m. and every Wednesday at 7 p.m. I hope you have a blessed week and I hope that you live out God's love everywhere you go and you are a shining light every dark place you encounter. Have a blessed week and we'll see you soon.